This is WCPO FM 1051 on your FM dial, Cincinnati, Ohio. WKRC, Cincinnati. This is the nation station. Hi again, everyone, and welcome to the Cincy Shirts Podcast. It's episode 177. Today on our show, Paul Gannam and Chris Woods from Deadlow Brewing. It was just perfect timing for all of us, which is just bizarre to say. It was perfect timing during the midst of COVID. It was the scariest time, but um, we knew we had the, the right person. Deadlow is a craft brewery, restaurant, and beer garden located in California, Ohio, the easternmost neighborhood of Cincinnati, right there along the Ohio River. It's right off of 275, just west of Old Coney. The fellas join us today to discuss how it all got started, what Deadlow Brewing is all about. Uh, We discuss a little uh, brewing and different types of beers and that sort of thing. We also discuss uh, some of the exciting things they have going on there in California and down the river in New Richmond as well, at least for the 4th of July weekend upcoming. If you've been liking the podcast, you can help support it by PayPal or Venmo. Simply use podcast at cincyshirts.com and ship in whatever you feel is fair. Also, be sure to listen for that special promo code for 20% off near the end of the episode. Now, let's talk to Paul Gannon and Chris Woods from Dead Low Brewing. Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati, Ohio. I come from Cincinnati. Once in Your Cincinnati bona fides is where we like to start, and we'll start with you, Chris, from Cincinnati. Yes. High school. Mason. Okay. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm not from Cincinnati, but I always have to ask that question. And then, what about you, Paul? Uh, born and raised in Cincinnati, uh, right over in. Oakley Hyde Park area. Okay. So, um, Oak, what yep. high school? Uh, Walnut Hills. Walnut Hills. There you go. All right. Mm-hmm. Super. So, uh, how long have you guys uh, been down there on Kellogg Avenue? I know years ago that used to be a like some kind of a seafood restaurant. Yeah, there's a couple of different venues. There's a uh, wedding and reception banquet hall is what it was most right. famously known as, is the, the touch of elegance, I guess. And then there was a couple of other things. But um, we were... Uh, exploring different properties all over the the city for quite a while and then uh, came across this in 2017. We bought the building uh, early 2018, began renovations and opened our doors as Deadlow proper as the brewery in um, October 10th of 2019. Hmm. And it was a great six months, right? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, uh, just under actually, but yeah. uh, it was superb. I mean, we came out gangbusters. It was, uh, you know, that, that new kid on the block feeling where everybody wanted to check it out. And, um, it was in a, a superb location right off the highway, right next. It's we're in the heart of Cincinnati's entertainment district. So you've got, you know, Belterra, the, the horse track, then Riverbend, Coney Island, and then, uh, the new brewery. So, yeah. um, Deadlow was born right there. And, and we were a hit. Uh, we were, um, honestly, it was just a fantastic run out of the gate. Uh, and in one of the uh, Cincinnati polls, uh, we landed the prestigious top five restaurant, top five chef oh. in the first four months that we were open. And then we closed a couple weeks later. Yeah. Uh, you also have the ball fields back there as well. We do, yeah. The ball fields are a great attraction. That's one of the things that attracted us is uh, softball players like to drink beer. They, they, that, they've been known to do that. And California is an interesting little community. Uh, as, uh, do, do you know much about it? Yeah, I mean, uh, they've welcomed, welcomed us with open arms and, and vice versa. We've employed uh, some of the residents down there. They're, they're just great people. It's a, um, you know, it's a river uh, town basically and um, they named it California from my understanding uh, when the gold rush occurred and everybody split uh, everybody left for California in this little you know small enclave on the eastern side of Cincinnati at the time uh, 
you know, didn't really know how to handle the uh, exodus and didn't really have a name. And so they, they obviously took advantage of that, that name and, and called it California. It's, uh, you know, a, a lot of hap- uh, life happened right there on the river. So you had Coney Island, even in the uh, going back to the 1800s and the steamboat uh, travel. And uh, a lot of the pilots lived over in New Richmond, uh, the riverboat pilots. So you know, there was a lot of commerce that was just right at their at their uh, doorstep, so to speak, right on the river. Yeah, it is one of the city's oldest neighborhoods, uh, as That's I right. understand it. I think, I, I don't know, I haven't been able to put this together yet, but I think it was named, these two brothers went out to California for the gold rush. They established a little community called Cincinnati. It's not there anymore. Now it's just, a, it's still on the maps, but it's not, there's nothing there. And then they got disheartened and came back uh, and settled in what is now California and named it California. But I can't confirm that. So if anybody out there can confirm that, info at cincyshirts.com. <laughs> you know, actually, I, I think you're right. It's okay. uh, the, the historians down in, in California, actually, there's a, a, a little annex or building down there that they oh. had a brief history about that. So that that oh, is accurate. Okay, great. Yeah, because I, re- I saw that in a book somewhere and we were doing uh, fun facts about Cincinnati and I don't know how I stumbled across that. But yeah, oh, so my theory is correct. I'm so excited. Oh, I know how I came yeah. across it because there's like six or seven other places in the country called Cincinnati and I was tracking them all <laughs> right. down. And then when I tracked right. down Cincinnati, California. I went backwards and I saw this thing in uh, Google Books, uh, this book about California, Ohio. And it said, yeah, these two brothers came back and the community was there, I guess. But they platted it uh, and really laid it out and made it a town. That's so, right. And then Cincinnati annexed it in the yep. early 1900s. Yeah. So did you always have an interest in beer and brewing? Was this what you wanted to do uh, with your lives when you were growing up? Or did you kind of stumble into it as we most often do in our careers? <laughs> well, you know, I don't want to speak for Chris, but I think he and I both love beer. Um, uh, you can speak for me on that, bud. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, you know, I started, uh, I, I'm in finance. I was, uh, I'm a financial planner. I'm currently, um, in compliance with a financial services firm over in Anderson, the Rossolo financial group. And oh. I oversee, uh, all of the advisors and, and personnel in our office, uh, as well as a group called interdependent advisors. And I supervise, uh, about 53 advisors across the country. Um, so brewing beer has always kind of been a hobby. Uh, we started, uh, uh, some friends of mine uh, uh, invited me into a home brew cooperative. Um, it's actually uh, uh, a, a local brewery down the road uh, in another neighborhood known as the Big Ash Brewing Company. Oh, yeah. We need to get those guys on the show, too. My daughter uh, has been there many times. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, these guys uh, invited me in and said, hey, we're opening a, a homebrew cooperative. We just need some guys to come down and brew beer uh, in, in this like detached garage um, in uh, Ash, Big Ash. Uh, it was during the uh, scourge of the Ash Boring Beetle. So a lot of us in the neighborhood and honestly across the uh, Midwest, we lost, what, 50 million ash trees. So. Um, you know, we just, uh, played on that, that name and the, and the wood, uh, the ash wood and, and named it the big ash brewery, but we, we were brewing pretty good beer and, uh, I just hit, developed a fascination for it. And, um, you know, the goal was free beer for life and, uh, kind of, kind of stuck with me. Um, and you know, you fast forward, life gets in the way. Um, I knew that, you know, Cincinnati's 20 years behind the time sometimes. And uh, when you looked across the landscape of breweries, you know, popping up across the country and the craft brewery movement, largely due to the taproom law changes where you could, you know, serve food and produce beer and serve it in your own taproom, that kind of changed the landscape. And, you know, the opportunity was there. And so I started to pursue it in earnest as an actual business opportunity, probably in 2014. And then, uh, you know, this is pre-Rheingeist, pre-Mad Tree, basically. And uh, uh, just life life happened, you know. Um, work and life balance just didn't permit me to just <laughs> jump off a ledge and take this 
amazing trip, an amazing journey that we've been on since about 2019, 2018. So, um, you know, finally it came together and we, we kept the dream alive and, and a lot of other people joined in on the dream. So were you doing home brewing at this point at all, just to kind of keep the hobby going, or did you kind of step back from it and then not really get back into it till you opened? Uh, no, I mean we home brewed the the whole way through, and then okay. I picked it up in earnest um, on on our own as we formed our company, um, you know, and started to build the premise behind, you know, um, Dead Love Brewing, and uh, we, so we still work together. We still collaborate. We still, still shared idea just, just like every other brewery does, you know, they're your, they're your brothers and sisters. So you, you call them up when you need help or they call you when they need help and, or ingredients or equipment or whatever it is. And, you know, we're not competing against each other, but we just went in different directions a little bit. And, um, you know, I ended up down on the river. It's interesting how people's beer journeys begin usually you're a young person and you wind up drinking you know cheap mass-produced beer and it's okay and then it's funny because i thought i was moving on when i was you know after college into what was better beer more of a maybe a labat or a, a red stripe which are still fine beers by the way i still enjoy those sure but boy it gets to the point where you can't even drink that cheap stuff anymore and you guys <laughs> find that to be the case because I, I go to these we, we went to a hotel uh on a, one of our vacations free happy hour free beers you know and, sure. it's, and not to knock the fine folks at anheuser bush who my brother-in-law used to work for um but it's it's fine it for free but it's like yeah i'd, I'd really rather have a good beer <laughs> don't want to waste my beer drinking on this day yeah it's that's a tough one i mean uh i've never been a fan of the mass-produced uh beer on the scale of an anheuser-busch inbev miller coors um but there's something to be said about scale and consistency and you know when you're a brewer you're, you're brewing beer to get you know one batch correct <laughs> let alone you know how many millions and millions of gallons and have it consistency and identical that's that's you know kudos to the the brewers there and the, the their processes and their systems that's that's an amazing thing um that being said <laughs> uh there are competition whereas i don't consider any of our uh smaller craft breweries competition you know, you, anybody could be considered competition. I mean, you can choose to go to a fast food restaurant over coming down to Dudlow Brewing, or you could go to another craft brewery, uh, or you could go to the convenience store and pick up a six pack of Budweiser. Those are all competitors. But in our eyes, or at least in my eyes, I'm, I'm competing only against in, InBev and Anheuser-Busch just because, the, you know, in those types of conglomerates, it's, you know, on that scale, we can't compete. So uh, we want all of the small businesses to thrive and survive. Um, as far as flavor goes, you're right. I mean, I'm, I'd rather drink a glass of wine than crack open a domestic, yeah. as they call them. Yeah, again, I won't turn down free beer, people. But yeah, sure. it's usually if it's uh, – it usually has to be, um, you know, I'd rather not waste the calories and stuff on – I will say one other thing I thought was funny. I had a, a customer come in first time at the brewery, and and her comment was, uh, "Do you have any domestics on the menu?" <laughs> and I said, "All of them. <laughs> right? They're all here. They're all here. They're all domestic." Well, that was my next yeah. question. Is I know the folks at Braxton, and I think everybody uh, of the local craft breweries, they have what they call a. a what is well, how did Braxton put it? An, an introductory beer, an introductory level beer, and it's similar to uh, like a Budweiser or but but it's so much better. It's an actual beer. Like and there's a, there of course is Storm. They're known for that. Sure. And uh, yeah, do you guys have one that's just kind of a introductory level beer that you can you know get, kind of get show pe- people the difference between you know even if you're just a mild beer drinker, the difference. Yeah, Chris, what do you think your uh, go-to would be there to answer his question? The the first two that come to mind are are Deadlight and Phoenix. That's right. Okay. So Deadlight is a delicious American lager. I mean, you you called it when you said it. it, it they make their introductory entry level beer, but it's delicious. The the Deadlight is a 
uh, it's a favorite. I mean, it was a fast favorite. Uh, you know, the, one of the first questions a lot of people ask is, what is your lightest beer? Um, even though IPAs are the still dominating the craft brewery industry in, in the market because of their relative ease to production oh. and the shorter time spans of producing them, a lager takes, you know, upwards of many, many weeks, uh, sometimes seven to ten weeks even. But uh, uh, the dead light is... Um, one that we're going to produce forever. And then the, the Phoenix Mexican lager as well. It's like a, you know, you can compare it to a Modelo or a okay. uh, Dos Equis perhaps. Um, and I often say it can stand alone without a lime, right? You, you don't need Absolutely. to necessarily add something to it. But yeah, uh, yeah, Chris nailed it. Those are the two that are on that lightest, lighter end of the spectrum for sure. Now, I may have known this from talking to other brewers, but I didn't realize there was that much of a preparation span between an IPA and a lager. Yeah, you're talking seven seven to ten days, sometimes even shorter, um, versus seven to ten weeks. Wow. Yeah. So is that maybe where the big mass-produced brands kind of like lose their edge because, you know, they're trying to rush stuff out uh, to market, or is it just, just mass brewing in particular that... Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. I think... Uh, Again, it's scale and time becomes smaller and smaller when your equipment and processes are bigger and bigger, if that makes sense. You know, you, you create your own gravity, so to speak, when you're as big as Jupiter. So I want to walk through some of these because we've done it before with the other brewers, but I keep forgetting. I know I'm an IPA guy, um, you know, garden variety, uh, your craft brewing fan i guess but i do like them so uh what is the technical definition of say a lager versus an amber i always forget because i always think that they're similar and then i get one and i'm like oh no these aren't the same at all <laughs> they sound the same um, it's it all oftentimes these answers come down to the fermentation process okay i mean um lagers would be bottom they, they consider it bottom fermenting yeast um, it'll, you know, kind of sit at the bottom of the tank, so to speak. And, and amber is made from top fermenting yeast. So it's, uh -huh. it's more complex than that, but, um, temperature would be another, uh, major variant. Like for instance, between an IPA and, and, and a lager, uh, it'll typically ferment at dip, different temperatures. Um, so it, it's the chemistry behind it all really. And, you know, the, um, I don't profess to be an expert brewer, uh, <laughs> from the home brewing capacity to, uh, where we are now with our head brewer, Grant Thompson. Um, he, he is just amazing, amazing 30 for 30. He probably has done more than that, but I, it's just easier for me to say 30 for 30. Every beer that he concocts and, and produces is spot on, whether it be from, you know, color, clarity, flavor, aroma, the, the, the way it, the drinkability, you know, any, any of the terms, any of the adjectives you want to throw out there, um, you know, you cannot go wrong, whether you're picking a, a light beer, a lager, or all the way up the spectrum to our, you know, stouts or porters that he's done they're amazing and i'm, I'm really blown away uh, so i'll defer a lot of these questions perhaps to to the uh to the scientists and the expert that, okay. that grant is but um yeah i mean it's uh it's a complex system so you know i guess that reflects even on the big guys the the imbev and so forth to gain that consistency it's difficult so how many beers do you guys carry typically? Do you rotate some in and out? Is it, uh, I guess there's probably some seasonal ones mixed in there, but do I walk into sure. Deadlow, what, how many can I choose from at any given time, roughly? Well, we have the capacity to have up to 30. Uh, oh, wow. With, yeah, different, uh, you know, it's really a mirrored tap system, 15 and 15. So typically just based on our the, the capacity of space in the cooler down below that feeds the beer lines, the draft lines up in the, in the tap room. Um, we typically split 
the north side and the south side of the tower are mirrored. Uh, so you have the same beers on both sides. And that, that just makes it easier for the bartenders as well. But uh, um, I'd say on average, we have uh, eight to 10 uh, on tap at any given time. And we also uh, consistently have a seltzer. So we brew a plain seltzer and then we add uh, whatever flavorings uh, floats your boat. Um, you know, before we pour the seltzer, so you can customize the seltzer. So that's always on tap. Uh, we've got a nitro uh, tap that's dedicated. Currently, we don't have anything on nitro that's being pushed by by nitro. But uh, uh, I'd say you can always walk in. You will always get a, a Deadlight American Lager. You'll get the Phoenix. Um, we have a Session IPA. Uh, that's a, a, just a go-to. It's delicious, 4.8% ABV. Um, currently, we have a Scandinavian Legome farmhouse, which is superb. Uh, it is a, a kind of a darker uh, color, I'd say. It's like it looks like an amber when it's poured, but it's it's a it's a true farmhouse. It's got uh, honey hints of honey and, and juniper in it. Um, uh, but you know, the nice thing with Grant. And, and the way that Deadlow approaches beer is, you know, it's all about the experience. It's all about butts and seats and, and bringing people together. And it's not about distribution and, you know, getting shelf space and canning. And, you know, we, we don't do that. We just, we just want to focus on the tap room and therefore grant, has complete freedom to, uh, although we'll focus on those maybe four or five beers that I mentioned that are top sellers and consistent and they're just good drinking beers uh, any time of the year, uh, he changes things up often. So you, you might come in and fall in love with the Legome, for instance, and then a month or two later, it's going to be gone uh, for maybe a while because he's brewing other other beers um and that's happened uh probably there's probably six or seven beers that we haven't had on in a while yeah i can attest to that every time <laughs> you fall in love with one you go back and it's like no it's gone for now i'm like dang it no. yeah uh chris t talk about a few of those he's had a probably three couple of them that he's like why are you not brewing this again the, the whiskey chip and the uh the british ale are the first two that come to mind yeah that british mild and yes. then we did one that's called the Whiskey Chip, and they're, they were superb. Um, yeah. Now, is the British Mild served warm, like the way our British cousins drink it, or is it served cold like it, it should be, like Americans drink it? It is cold. We recommend that you let it sit for a little while. Okay. And let, let it sit idle, not to necessarily get the room temp. Um, but, uh, you know, it's hard. I mean, it comes up from the cold, cooler um but uh, you're 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 right. I mean, uh, a lot of people don't understand that. That you know, Guinness should be served warm <laughs> or room temperature, right? Um, so, yeah, we we serve them cold, but we typically will try to advise uh, you know what the proper way to drink it is. Uh, another technical question, which you should be able to answer: What's the difference between a shandy and just a beer that has flavoring in it? <laughs> A, sh a sh difference between a shandy, yeah, and, and a beer that made by just a beer with flavor. Well, I, your our friends over at Mount Carmel, they have um, I got a what turned out to be a strawberry shandy, and it's a little more cidery when it when it's a shandy, it seems. But they had a they have a lovely blueberry brew, but it has a little hint of blueberry in it. But I think it's still uh, it's not a shandy; it's like a lager or something else. And it's just it would be yeah. So shandies are typically. Um, Citrus, like a lemon right. or lemon lime oh, okay. flavor. Okay. And that's the difference. I mean, uh, blueberry would be like a blueberry ale. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But it yeah. seems like it, when it's a shandy, it's the, the flavor is more powerful. And when it's not a shandy, I guess maybe it's just due to the citrus is stronger than the other fruits. It, it, exactly. I mean, ah, sometimes okay. they, they've been known to be just called lemonade. Uh, yeah. Literally where they're not even carved. But uh, okay. it, it's... 
those are usually the two ingredients that make up the uh, shandies. A lot of people have asked us, well, when are you going to do a shandy for summer? And, um, you know, but uh, you can add any. And that's why the craft movement is so awesome because people just add different things uh, just to try them out. And sometimes they're hits and, you know, there's pepper beers like, uh, you know, I think Mike out at uh, Mount Carmel, you mentioned him uh, or, or Mount Carmel Brewery, Mike Dewey owns that. Talk about a pioneer. Um, you know, Mike is the pioneer. Uh, I think they're now what, 13 years old, maybe, maybe even a little older. Um, yeah, they've been there a while. They just got the big expansion. I mean, yeah. he, he started in his garage, and uh, and so um, they've done some phenomenal beers. And that uh, the blueberry is one of my favorites. But he he did a uh, uh, kind of surprised me. He he did a um, habanero flavored oh. beer one time, and man, that got me. Uh, it was. It was good. Uh, it was very difficult for me. I'm not a, you know, I'm not a peppery guy. I'm not even a, a fruit type of uh, beer drinker. I think the blueberry might be one of my, one of the ones that I would choose. But, yeah, I'm right there with you. <laughs> yeah. So. So how do you guys decide? Is it is it completely up to Grant, or you guys kind of sit down and say, hey, we should do a, a brew that's like this or like that, or it's a, go with a certain season, or is it just is it strictly up to your brewmaster? No, it's very collaborative. I mean, we, we even have um, just fans that recommend things. Uh, you know, the the people that are like Chris. Chris will be like, hey, can you you think you can give me that whiskey chip or a, a you know. And he'll, he'll try to fit it into rotation. Um, but uh, to be honest, at the very beginning, we, when we brought Grant on, we gave him the keys and we kind of walked away because, A, we wanted him to uh, understand that the, he was coming on to a new, newer system that he maybe wasn't totally familiar with. But, um, you know, we wanted him to build his own processes. And uh, he made some changes and tweaked some how the equipment was set up and, you know, and it takes a little while. And then he started with some of the recipes that he, he had, you know, his comfort level and, um, and we just kind of let him run with it because they were just turning out so well. Uh, we were just blown away. We, we knew we had made the right choice that, you know, when we were talking, speaking with him, of course, but, uh, uh, he really, showed what he can do after you know the first one or two or three beers and and then we just kind of gave him free reign um that being said you know um the leadership and and our fans will come to him and say hey you know can we think about this or you know can, can we try this one and and he'll throw it on there no problem um you know he was doing a, a stout and a porter and we were in the eight, nine percent range and uh, I had asked for a, a lighter, dark beer and he comes out with a Schwartz beer, uh, which a lot of people don't do. It's a it's a lager. Uh, it's a black lager. So you're drinking, you know, five point five percent beer that you can't even see through. So sometimes a lot of people say, what's your lightest beer? And I'll say the Schwartz beer huh. and I'll pour, I'll pour them a black lager and they're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> so, Why well, do know? Is it is the color of the beer indicative of sort of as a rule of thumb of the alcohol content? No. Okay. Uh, I mean, look at Guinness. Yeah, uh, I was going to say the calorie content of Guinness is like 112 calories. I think. Okay. okay. Uh, now, I'm not saying calorie has anything to do with ABV, but right. th that that mindset is what I was referring to. The, Okay. You know, a customer says, "What's your lightest beer?" What are you What are you really asking? Yeah, that's what I was. Because when you say light to me, I'm thinking light in terms of calories, not light in terms of ABV. Yeah, right. Okay. So, how did you guys find Grant? Was he in the brewing collective, or did he come from somewhere else? Yeah, his reputation preceded him. Uh, we uh, so when we started uh, our uh, brewer that we started with, Greg Snow. Um, he lives on the west side of town and it was an hour drive for him. He's out in Hamilton, basically. 
Um, and uh, we kind of knew going in that he, he was just thrilled to be a, uh, help us get started and get it up and running. But he was looking at, you know, hey, what opportunities exist either closer to home or whatnot. So we, we kind of started exploring, which was tough because it was right when we were getting, you know, get, being introduced to the public. And then you, you know, have to explore a new brewing partner, you know, head brewer. Um, but we, so we, we looked, I mean, we had a, a lot of interest from a lot of fantastic brewers, honestly, across the country. Uh, there were clearly a lot of, uh, there was a lot of focus here locally, but uh, we had uh, opportunities and some exploration and um, out, out of state and, and with some so, some big breweries, some of our favorite breweries, without naming names, but uh, we were very, very, um, you know, blessed, I guess, with uh, the interest in Deadlow and what we were about. And I, th I think maybe our early on, uh, it was great for us because we got a lot of interest, right? Um, Grant uh, was living in Chicago. At the time, uh, he cut his teeth at Great Lakes up in Cleveland, where he's from. Oh, yeah. I love Great Lakes. Yeah, phenomenal. And um, he learned, you know, obviously very quickly, big, big production, uh, industry style brewing and even back office uh, type of stuff. And, and um, uh, you know, production and canning and you name it. So he, he developed a wealth of knowledge there. And then uh, had an opportunity in Chicago. I don't know necessarily his full backstory on what brought him to Chicago, um, uh, but uh, he, he and his wife then lived in Chicago, and he worked with uh, Finch Brewing and then Ravinia Brewing, and uh, their beers are phenomenal. Uh, they do a lot of collaboration too, um, and and he just knew a lot of the local breweries around Chicago. And if you're Familiar with Chicago, I mean, there's some of the best concentrations of uh, breweries in the country right there, uh, as far as I'm concerned. And, and then um, uh, they were expecting, uh, they recently had twin baby girls, and I believe her, her family was from here in Cincinnati uh, in the Pleasant Ridge area, and they chose to move home to be closer to mom and dad, uh, grandma and grandpa, I guess. And uh, um you know, it was just timing. It was perfect. And uh, we got to know Grant uh, over a bit of a lengthy process because our brewery shut down, <laughs> right, because of COVID. Uh, so our interview process shut down. It came to a screeching halt. Uh, we were interviewing him, you know, through the new year and into the winter months. And come March, we're closed. So our our uh, conversation came to a halt. And then when we knew that we were going to be reopening, we re-engaged, uh, you know, some of the candidates, but Grant was at the top of the list. And um, it was just perfect timing for all of us, um, uh, which is just bizarre to say. It was perfect timing during the midst of COVID. It was the scariest time, but uh, um, we knew we had the, the right person. And um, I, I, I'm going to just predict that it's award-winning. I mean, the, what he's producing is award-winning. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind. Uh, so hopefully we'll start seeing some awards. But I, I don't even care about the awards because the beer is so good. You know, it, his reputation precedes him. So, um Anyway, clearly I'm gushing. I'm very pleased. Oh, that's cool. Uh, no, uh, no problem at all. And this maybe seem an obvious question, but I've asked people not just in the brewing business, but in other businesses. When you travel, do you check out other businesses similar to yours? In your case, craft breweries. And I know because some people in other businesses and craft breweries say, "Nah, it's if I'm on vacation, I'm on vacation." I mean, I've happened to stumble across a similar business. Fine, uh, but other people are like, oh yeah, we like to check out everything. What what do you like to do? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, sometimes I make vacations out of destination breweries. Uh -huh. uh, you know, um, 
my daughter actually i have a 10 and a 14 year old they just got back from Asheville with their oh, grandparents yeah. and, we're going there and, this weekend yeah oh are you good yeah i mean i would talk about jealous i'm jealous of my 14 and, and 10 year old going <laughs> to Asheville. um Right. I mean, Chris, uh, you, you travel too, right? I mean, what, what, what do you tend to do? You, you go to yeah, it, It's, it's funny since, since you guys opened up, I have, you know, I, I, I go a lot of places and I go and I try things and it's, it's funny that I compare it to, I compare it to Deadlow a lot because like you said, with, with Grant, since he came on, it's just been the, the selection and just the quality and, and, taste and drinkability of all everything that he's produced is just absolutely amazing and um prior to deadlow let me let me say this prior to deadlow i really didn't do the whole craft beer ipa thing and all that and and they you know opened my eyes to a whole new world and um i tend to i tend to go and try different things and and you know i'll taste something and I'll be like, okay, well, this is similar to this beer or this is close to this beer, mm-hmm. but it's, you know, it's either, okay, this is, you know, better or this is nowhere near what, what, you know, dead low and great. Yeah. I, I tend to, I tend to, um, I tend to try, try new things ever since, uh, ever since dead low opened. And yeah, that's a the beautiful thing about, our industry and craft is um, the education behind it. I mean, if you hear what he just said, it's he didn't know what he didn't know. And and now he knows and it's hard to go back. <laughs> oh, yeah. Even as a layperson, I appreciate that. Cause like I said, I came from you know college drinking cheap beer and then going up to you know, what I thought was better beer, but was still mass produced. And then didn't realize until this craft brewing thing started like, oh, there's all kinds of different things. There's sure. you know, IPAs, there's sours. I'm still not keen on sours, by the way, but. Uh, <laughs> sours are a tough one. We they are. Great. We, you know, I was an anti-sour. I, I was not, uh, you know, it's like the fruity thing. I just didn't, you know, I, I didn't, it's not my go-to. Yeah. And, and, and then Grant brews this uh, kettle lime sour <laughs> a couple mm. of weeks ago. Okay. And oh. we're mixing it with other beers and, and doing like a, um, a Rattler, basically, uh, where you mix, you know, you can mix a couple flavors together. And it's superb. It's called the Escobar. We even put it on the menu. Hmm. Uh, yeah. But the bartenders have to make it. It's uh, um Seventy-five percent Mexican lager and and twenty-five percent uh, kettle lime sour, and it's fantastic. So I'm starting to turn a little bit, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I hear you. So well, let's say you're in your party. They meet, not everybody's a beer drinker. Do you guys also carry any kind of wine? Some de- debating whether I should bring my wife or, or absolutely. Grab my... Okay, great. Full, so full liquor license. It's a full bar. Great. Um, and right. you know, wine spirits of any kind, I mean, you know, whatever the variety is we carry and then, uh, um, drinks for the kids. It's a, Oh, it is kid and dog a, friendly. That's right. It says right on the website. Kid and dog friendly. Yeah. It's a, that's our, our, you know, we built the place for our kids and our families and our friends. And then it resonates with everyone, I think, uh, because of that, you know, they can come down and their kids can run around and, you know, and it's a loud place anyway, but it's not like a concrete jungle. It's a very comfortable, warm space. But then you can get uh, award-winning food, you know, top five restaurant food, not bar food necessarily, although there is some bar food there, but it's, it's, you can get mussels, you can get, you know, falafel, you can get pita or or non, um, you know, our non-Philly. The Philly Um, is amazing. Yeah, the Philly non. I mean, and we let our kitchen have free reign too basically they uh just i know this is kind of a i'm going off on a tangent but it it ties into the the craft itself uh it's a craft kitchen it's a it's a proper kitchen we call it because you can you you can get soup salads and and then when COVID hit we actually ran into some supply issues so we cut uh entrees off of our menu where you used to be able to get steak and you know, the, the whole gamut of a fine, finer dining restaurant. And then uh, now we let our chefs do, uh, Chef Scotty Barons and the rest of the crew, they 
have specials they come out with every week. And, you know, I don't care if you're washing dishes and you, your grandmother has a, a recipe that you think you want to use, you know, a 17 year old kid can come up and say, Hey, can we try this recipe? And they'll cook mm. it and it might go on the menu or at least it'll be a special. Yeah. Um, uh, Wayne uh, uh, makes our soups and does a lot of the prep during, during the day. And uh, his soups are, so we have the soup of the moment uh, and it's whatever he creates that week. And, you always order the soup of the moment. I mean, it's, it doesn't matter. You, you order the soup of the moment. Uh, if you don't like pickles, uh, dill pickles, you know, you order the dill pickle soup that he makes because it's unbelievable. Wow. Um, so that's the, the greatest thing. You've got the, the this atmosphere, this environment that there's a lot of freedom, uh, a lot of craft built in, in in a lot of the different aspects. And, and uh, you know, it's family friendly and, and you can have kind of whatever you want. So don't uh, decide not to come to a, a Deadlow in this case or any craft brewery that has a, a broad menu. You know, do, do your research and you'll find out that, hey, I can get a, a glass of wine there or, and- or a Manhattan. And uh, oh, cool! And uh, you were on the news uh, recently. I just saw like a couple of days ago. What's the what's going on? Like, kind of caught part of the story. Maybe you want to review why you folks were on breakfast TV the other day. Yeah, right. Well, I'll let Chris take this because uh, he's a big part of um, you know some of our um, philanthropy and our social events are outside of Deadlow, and and uh, we have some big things coming up just this weekend. Yeah, the whole it was the it was the whole beer it forward thing. It's it's gear. It was initially geared towards military first responders, um, you know, police, fire, EMS, all that. And it's it's expanding out to teachers and you know a, a few other a few other key personnel for the beer it forward thing. You can take anytime you visit the brewery, you can buy pre-purchase a beer for the beer board and if a teacher or you know military ex-military military first responder or whatever comes in they get free beer out of it um that's what the whole the whole news thing was about and then so this weekend we got uh freedom Fest down in new richmond um the fourth by fireworks and all that there's there um we've got a ton of things planned for this weekend car shows um, we got a circus going on down there, uh, high-flying trapeze people, um, parade, and of course, you know, you know, to take from Rodney, the VFW commander, because the VFW is putting this on, we're going to light the hillside on fire at 10 o'clock on uh, Sunday for the 4th of July. Um, we got a barge rolling down the river full of fireworks, so, but, uh, yeah, it's Edlow has has been instrumental and in, in helping all line workers and military with you know anything anything at all that they can do. Um, you know, they've got yeah. We did the um, the RVs for MDs thing down at Edlow. It's just anything anything at all that they can do to help out with anything they try to do so it's it's amazing what what paul and the crew down there have have done and just you know the what almost year and a half that they've been they've been there and only been open for what a grant of a year paul yeah basically i mean uh, and and luckily we we were given the opportunity fox 19 um came down and and uh, interviewed us and, and, you know, really the focus is on Independence Day coming up. And, and like you said, it's, it's stemmed from our Beer It Forward program. Um, but, you know, we're here to bring people together and uh, New Richmond, which is, again, right, right down on the river adjacent to uh, California, Ohio. So you just keep heading east on 52 and uh, you'll come to the, the town of New Richmond, um, July 3rd and 4th. It's a, a huge celebration. Um, so 
this is a great opportunity for us to showcase that and, and try to bring people out. If they're wondering what to do this weekend, uh, come to the Deadlow Beer Garden on Front Street, right next to the VFW. Uh, this is our plug, I guess. <laughs> oh, so you have two um, places then? You also have one in New Richmond? No, we're just, just uh, borrowing it. Hosting. The, oh, okay. Oh, okay. The Deadlow Beer Garden. We're helping sponsor the VFW's gotcha. production of, of the July Fourth fireworks. So, oh, okay. It runs all day Saturday and all day Sunday, but ten o'clock is the fireworks display, um, which is you know second only to the, I guess the what the WBN fireworks. The fireworks is. Okay. Is the only thing that's going to come close to what we're putting on. Yeah, okay. it's a huge production, and then uh, so Deadlow will be a centerpiece there in the beer garden and. Um, you know, supporting some of the other local businesses that are popping up there. And then again, it's a, it's a, a VFW um, affair. So we're there to support veterans. And so to, not to repeat, but uh, the Beer It Forward program is, uh, we have a lot of military uh, veterans and, and even active duty in our family um, and within our staff. And uh, it was just a natural way for us to be able to give back. So we ask our customers when they come in, do you want to buy a beer at Forward? And for five bucks, they can buy a pint of any one of our beers. And we put a little plaque on the wall or a piece of paper on the wall that uh, when a veteran comes in and or, or what we call Thank You Thursdays, they can come in. That's like a, you can buy it. You can redeem a beer at Forward anytime, but we want to to raise awareness and so we call it thank you thursday um and you know somebody's already bought you a beer so come in and get it you deserve it and uh it's a small token of our appreciation when COVID hit um we literally extended it to front frontline workers so you're talking police firefighter emts um and then later when it was full blown and we were under lockdown and you know COVID was taking over our lives. We extended it to frontline healthcare professionals working on COVID floors and, you know, the doctors and nurses, uh, my brother's an ER physician, uh, Dr. John Gannam down here at uh, St. Elizabeth hospital. So it was a natural extension of our gratitude to them putting their lives on the line every day to try to save us. And then uh, later when school went back in and life tried to normalize in late 2020, uh, we extended it to what we call Teach It Forward, so that uh, any teachers, anybody that's supporting our kids through this, you know, forever, <laughs> forever, not just during the pandemic, but forever, um, someone will but buy you a beer at Dudlow. And details um, can be found on uh, website, Facebook page? Yeah. yeah, you can buy it. You can buy a beer at Forward for somebody on our website. Oh, great. Okay, super. And lots yeah. of uh, New Richmond's really fixing itself up. We were just we just were curious uh, the other night, wanted a place to walk. Uh, you know, it stays light really late now. So after yeah. dinner, we just drove down to New Richmond, and uh, but they're really fixing it up nice. It's beautiful. Yeah. yeah there's, there's all if you haven't been. Businesses, yeah. All kinds of new businesses coming in, and um, you know we couldn't be we couldn't be any any happier than yeah. Than we are right now with with the growth that New Richmond is is going back mm-hmm. into, you know it was it was a booming town pre ninety seven, and then once ninety seven hit the 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 floods kind of uh, yeah. a lot of people out, mm-hmm. yeah, and a lot of businesses out, and now it's finally it's finally starting to come back around, and uh, New Richmond is growing again, um, lots of new houses, lots of new businesses, and. You it's know, pretty out there too. It is, yeah, really. Um, so great. Well, uh, this has been fabulous, uh, fellas. I'm now both thirsty and hungry, so um, <laughs> I'll be needing to go to Deadlow very soon. Again, website. Uh, there's a Facebook page. You guys have Twitter and Instagram as well, or is it mostly Facebook and the website? Yeah, we have them all. Yeah. Oh, great. Insta, okay. Super. Insta, Twitter, Facebook, um, for sure. Yeah. Great. Well, appreciate you guys taking the time today, and uh, I encourage everyone to go out to the dead low, and we're going to try it as well. And uh, continue success to you guys. Yes, sir. Thank you All so right. much. All right. Just, just uh, yes. Come out, come out and see them this weekend down down at Freedom Fest, and uh, have a good time and enjoy some fabulous beer as That's well. Right. Terrific. Bring your families and enjoy the fireworks. Okay, great advice. All right, thanks, fellas. Thank you, sir. Take care. All right, bye-bye.
If everybody in the USA could come with us to California, we could take them to a place out west where the good sun shines every day. Now there's a touch of California. Adam and Chris Woods really uh, had a tough time deciding on the playout song. I was going to go down by the river by Albert Hammond of uh, Never Rains in California fame, but I thought, uh, no, we're going to do a show about a brewery in California, Ohio. Why then, by golly, we need a California song, and probably the, one of the most underrated Beach Boy songs ever, California Calling, written by Al Jardine. That man was ripped off. That should have been a huge, huge hit single. It's from the same album as Get You Back, by the way. So anyway, you're probably saying at this point, wait a minute, I didn't hear a promo code PF, so I'll give that to you now. I forgot to ask the fellas. I'm going to guess it would have been Deadlow, all one word. So uh, we'll uh, give you more information on that at the end of the credits here. But if you just want to run out now and use the, uh, the promo code, it's Deadlow. I could tell you also that if there's someone you'd like to hear on the show, simply email podcast at cincyshirts.com and tell us a little bit about the person you'd like to have on the show. Oh, put podcast guest in the subject line and then tell us a little bit about the person you think we should have on the show. If you haven't already, check out all those uh, episodes back there in the Cincy Shirts podcast archives from Johnny Bench to Amy Yazbeck. There's just tons of great episodes back there. Of course, be sure to tell friends and loved ones about the show, too, uh, including folks who may no longer live in the area but still feel connected to the tri-state. Today's show is produced by me with help from Josh and Darren. Our theme music is Cincinnati by Big Nothing. They are from Philadelphia. You can find their music on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever else you get your music. Find vintage tees from great places like Philadelphia, Boston, Phoenix, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Louisville, Seattle, you name it. Over 36 cities at OldSchoolShirts.com. Lots of fun sports teams, old shopping centers, restaurants, uh, TV personalities, TV stations, that sort of affair. Like Cincy Shirts, but for those towns. And again, the promo code for this episode is dead low. That's all one word, all uppercase, all lowercase. Yeah, that part does not matter. As you know, uh, you can use that to take 20% off your entire CincyShirts.com or OldSchoolShirts.com order, or go into one of our physical stores, Cincy Shirt stores there in OTR and Hyde Park, and say, I'd like to use the podcast code DEADLOW, and they'll give you 20% off your entire order. Follow our social channels, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat for the latest Cincy Shirts news. Tell your friends about the show. Give us a good review wherever you get the podcast from. And as always, download or stream us next time. Bye. I said goodbye